0: You're listening to Tom and Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. It is Tom and Bach, final half hour Tom and Bach. Uh, It feels like it's been a productive show. Nobody's died. It's good. Uh, Things are going swimmingly. And we get to talk to uh, Jimmy Watkins of the Omaha World-Herald. Hi, Jimmy. How are you?
1: guys Just try not to kill anyone these
0: last few minutes here. that's good It's good uh, don't break the streak because we it seems like we're on a roll right now uh one of the big announcements from the presser today Sevian Morrison has entered the portal and you know I'm, I'm guessing others will follow do you think that'll be a big theme in the off season? a lot of guys with especially with all the offensive coaches gone that there'll be more guys in the portal
1: I think the portal will be a, a theme in general. I mean, of course, with all the, the changes that happened last week, uh, there will be guys who who change change their plans, and, and it obviously has a lot to do with what kind of coaches they choose to, to replace those guys. If, if there are scheme changes, that will affect that the, their decisions as well. But I think there will be a lot of moving parts both ways. I mean, uh, Coach Scott Frost has been – Pretty open about that for most of the season. They're gonna looking to go transfer shopping uh, just as much as some of those other guys are looking out for themselves as well. So yeah, I I don't think Savion Morrison is going to be the last guy that we hear making an announcement like that. And uh, Nebraska, I think having Frost around will help keep some guys around. But yeah, there's certainly going to be some movement on that front.
2: Well, it's interesting, you know, a lot of big-picture talk, uh, but as well the Wisconsin game coming up this weekend. And Tom asked me how much do I think Nebraska's offense is going to score against that Wisconsin defense, which has been so good over the last couple games. Uh, What would be your guess at this point in the week?
1: Man, it's having two weeks off should help you in most cases, but when you're shuffling your whole coaching staff like this, I have absolutely no idea what to expect from Nebraska coming into going to that Wisconsin game um, but I think that it's got to be overall not a not a great look to, to change so much going up against the, I think they're the they're the top defense in the country in, in some metrics so if you're asking me to pin down a number I think uh, 17 points 14 to 17 points would be right where I lay my stake but yeah there's it's, there's a lot of moving parts for Nebraska just as Wisconsin's hitting its stride it's not not a good matchup in that regard
0: well we're heading into year number five and not a lot of coaches get that with fifteen and twenty seven records and ten and twenty two records in their conference uh can you see why that case was made and ultimately keep frost because we really like what the defense is doing and Eric Shenander is doing
1: certainly yeah that's one case to be made although when you hire an offensive head coach um, Probably not a great look if your best case for keeping him is the defensive coordinator. Um, so that, there's that. But I, I think more of what this decision was about is um, logistics. I think Trev sees that if they fire Scott, if they fired Scott this year, that's just, you're taking a huge tumble um, for next year. You, we're talking about guys in the transfer portal right now. If they fired Frost, it would be an avalanche of guys going into the portal. and then, and then, you know, as as Frost was is talking about it being a big fix when he first got here, I don't know that it would be a much better situation for the next guy if they made that decision now, particularly with the emphasis that they've put on the the transfer portal for next season. It's pretty clear that that Scott has been planning as if he's been he's going to get a fifth year uh, for most of this year. He's going to put a lot of eggs in that transfer portal basket next season. and if, and if the next coach along was was handed that situation. That's not a great spot. This is a small recruiting class that Nebraska has coming in next year. So I think if, if for no other reason, I, I think there are genuine reasons why uh, Trev likes Scott and thinks that Scott can be a good um, CEO-type leader for the program. But I think if, if nothing else, you can kick the rock down the road and say, if we do have to make this change again a year from now, the program will just, just be in a much better position to handle that change than if they did it um, – you know, last week or, or in the next couple
2: of weeks. Now, Frost has emphasized today the importance of the offensive coordinator hire. Uh, of course, he, he's saying that he hasn't really, you know, dove into it too much because he's, he's preparing for Wisconsin. Um, but what do you expect to see with that hire? Is it is it kind of, uh, you know, a, a bit of a, a similar offensive mind type of thing and just have, have Frost be the CEO? Or do you expect him to, hey, to make bigger changes to tr- more kind of fit what the Big Ten looks like?
1: Yeah, I, I said this to... McQuain on our when we had our podcast last week. I think Scott's been married to the offense his entire life. It's been his his sort of ch- his his love child on on the coaching staff. He's not in charge of it anymore. He's but I think he'll be a pretty involved divorced dad in the <laughs> offense next season. I mean, he's gonna he said last week he's not gonna make any wholesale changes. That he's gonna find a, uh, an offensive coordinator that he trusts, that he feels comfortable handing the reins over to. So I think reading between the lines here. That that leads me to believe that there are not going to be too many wholesale changes to the offense, especially when you have to, when there is such an uh, emphasis on turning this thing around quickly. You can't afford to change too much because the roster that they have for next season is going to be made up of mostly guys who are coming back and transfers, plug and play guys, and you need, you can't change up on those guys. You built a roster for this offense that they've been running, so yeah, I think it's going to look maybe some slight tweaks here and there. Every coach obviously has a has a different sort of. Um, style, a different sort of touch with play calling. But I don't expect too much to change and I do still think maybe if Scott's even if Scott's not, you know, calling plays or as involved in that meeting, I can't see him getting too far away from that. He's an at at his heart, he's an X's and O's guy. I think that a lot of these changes that were made last week, he made them because he cares a lot about turning Nebraska around. And so he was gonna do whatever he had to do to keep that going. I don't necessarily Mm know if his preferred choice would have been to hand over the play calling duties. I don't know if his preferred choice would have been to fire all of his assistants, many of whom he's worked with for many years and he considers very close friends. I think this is a situation where he did what he needed to do to keep his job and and keep the dream alive that he could be the guy Mm. that gets this thing back on track. Whether or not he can do that, well, we'll have at least one more year to see.
0: Every time.
1: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Watkins of the Omaha World Herald covers Nebraska basketball and and uh, Nebraska football as well. You just kind of got here, and I like that because you kind of have a, have a fresh perspective. We kind of get blinded, I think, uh, by our view of Nebraska football You've been here long enough to know that Nebraska is a disaster on special teams. The offensive line has struggled. The quarterback play has not always been good. If you were fixing things, if you're Scott Frost, give him a list of things to do, where would you start?
1: Well, I think the top of the list is quarterback because I think at this point we have enough writing on the wall. I thought it was very interesting the timing of the news uh, where they told us that Adrian Martinez had been playing with the broken jaw and, everything that when you're telling us these sort of things before the season is over, that tells me that you're, you may be trying to to lay a, a a legacy here. You're Mm -hmm. trying to send this guy out. You're trying to rally fans around this guy as he plays his last couple games here. And on Adrian's part to, to make the decision to play through all that stuff that tells me that he had a lot of eggs in this basket. This is the year that I'm going to do it. Whatever happens this year is the last stamp I leave at Nebraska. And honestly, that dude has just been through so much here. It's it's a positive mental health move, in my opinion, for him to if, if even if he wants to keep playing football, fine. But this place, there's as you guys know, there are so many eyes on you all the time, and everyone has an opinion. And Adrian Martinez is one of the most famous people in this state. That's not a that's not hyperbole to say. I think he would do well to go somewhere where it's maybe a a little bit uh, less bright of the spotlight. So quarterback is number one. Um, I would, I would hope that if, if they're thinking about changing uh, changing quarterbacks, maybe you get a look at Logan Sweathers in these last two games, but I also think they'll get a, they'll go transfer portal shopping for that one. Um, I think they'll go transfer, transfer portal shopping for a lot of these types of fixes. I think they'll go grab a tackle. Wouldn't be surprised to see them go grab a running back, assuming there is other movement at other skill positions. Mm-hmm. Receiver, for example, a lot of moving yeah. parts in that room. Wouldn't be surprised to see one or two of those guys go elsewhere. Wouldn't be surprised to see Nebraska bring in one or two of those guys, particularly after the success they had uh, with Samora Toure, a a transfer this year. Um, But yeah, you know, the other you can also do a lot with the position coaches. Um, At the end of the day, it it was deemed that those guys weren't doing a good enough job. So, you know, maybe an offensive line, a new offensive line coach hired does do a world of good for the guys that they have in that room that Mm are, by the way, very young. And it takes those guys a long time to gel at that position. Um, But I think their approach is, for the most part, they're going to they see holes that they can fill to the transfer portal and they're going to bring in a bunch of new bodies mm. to help fill them more talent is is never a bad answer it's just that with the transfer portal mm. You don't always
0: know what you're
2: getting there. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Let's let's switch to basketball before we, we let you go. Nebraska coming off a 74-65 to 65 win over Sam Houston. One of the breakout stars in that game was Eduardo Andre. Um, it's kind of been interesting to try to follow his minutes and his production so far this season. Do you expect to see more of that Eduardo Andre moving forward, or do you think it's going to be kind of up and down, hot and cold with him? Well,
1: I think that's – the reason that he hasn't been playing more consistent minutes to start this season, the reason why he didn't play against Western Illinois, is that coaches wanted to see a little bit more of that consistency from him. So it's always there's always a possibility, especially with him being a young guy who's, I think he's only been playing basketball for five years. There's going to be a lot of growing pains with him um, as he develops. But I know he's going to be playing a lot more because um, Fred Hoiberg said today during his press conference that, Absolutely, Eduardo will be a part of their rotation after the minutes he gave them against Sam Houston State. That feels like a no brainer. He had career high in points and rebounds. He had eleven and seven against Sam Houston State. Game changed as soon as he got in there. He was their best he's been the best defensive rebounding big of the three that I've seen them play mostly at at the center spot between him, Wilhelm Breidenbach, and Derek Walker. I think those guys are doing a fine job battling under the under the boards. Eduardo just was in terms of just grabbing Volume per minute, he was doing the yeah. best job of the guys I've seen. So yeah, we'll see more of Eduardo. Um, he's got a ton of a ton of tools that that our coaches really that coaches are really excited about. He moves really well laterally. He can switch on to, to smaller guards. He can disrupt passing lanes. He he started a couple of the fast breaks that he finished with dunks yeah. against Sam Houston State. He's a really exciting defensive prospect. He's just really young and he hasn't been playing the game uh, for very long. So he's got. Long developmental runway, and and he's a fascinating guy to watch for sure.
0: Jimmy Watkins of the Omaha World Herald, our guest. Uh, Nebraska has a challenge right now at point guard. Not that I don't think he could do it. Alonzo Verge did have seven assists, but he's not a natural point guard. What's the learning curve for him, do you think?
1: He's a guy that has not really played a ton of point guard in his college career. In in junior college, he was an off-the-ball, score-first kind of guy. At Arizona State. He was an off-the-ball, score-first kind of guy, and that that team in general was a, a very one-on-one-heavy team. So he's—it's been an adjustment for him to play this free, the more free-flowing, mm-hmm. you know, one pass does more more work than three dribbles kind of yeah. offense that Hoiberg is trying to instill in him. And it's, it was the strangest part to me about watching Alonzo Verge last week is that against colorado and against Purdue state to a lesser degree you know Purdue state division two school is not a great in- indicator of what mm. your team's going to look like but they did it they against colorado in particular they moved the ball really well for long stretches alonzo verge was a dynamic playmaker he was throwing no look passes every which way to Derek walker off the pick and roll um but teams started switching against them they started switching the pick and roll which means you're going to get a mismatch on the guard and alonzo took that to mean it's time for, time for me to go a lot of time. And, and mm. I think Hoiberg wants him to do that within reason. I think he, he probably – Verge probably tried to force it a little bit too much during their games last week. And Hoiberg had a, a film session with him after Friday's game just kind of showing him, like, look, man, when you make these simple plays, when you, when you make a simple pass instead of trying to do the, you know, the three combo crossovers that are <laughs> fun to watch and sometimes yeah. end up with the defender on the floor, it's cool to see – but it's, you're expending a lot of energy, and, and it's not always getting us the, the best look. So they're working with him. I think that he has the—he's so talented. He definitely has the capacity to do it. It's just a matter of do you have enough trust in those moments? Because there are going to be moments where where Hoiberg's way isn't always going to work. The, the possessions will look stagnant both ways. They're not always going to score just because yeah. they're they're moving the ball. So it's, yeah. you just gotta trust. And it's very early in the season. Alonzo got here late. He was an ad that they made after Delano Banton went into the draft. So he's, he's still new around here. He's still building trust with everyone, and I think that they can work it out eventually. Right now they're going through some growing pains. Yeah.
2: And how much do you expect those growing pains to, to leak into tomorrow night's game against Creighton? Because, I mean, this team, a lot of positive storylines coming out of the game against Sam Houston, but they were trailing by 10 there early in the second half. So uh, they still have a long ways to go.
1: That was yeah. I mean, the positive storyline is they found a way to win an ugly game, but it was an extremely ugly game. Um, I think they had against Western Illinois, they had 45 one or zero pass yeah. possessions. I haven't finished counting them up against Sam Houston State yet, but they still had a good number. It was still a lot of one-on-one ball-sticky basketball that 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 I know that Hoiberg isn't isn't fond of. So tomorrow is going to be an interesting situation for them because both of these teams are in very similar situations where they're very new. I think Creighton only has three returning rotation players from last year. Both teams are working in eight new scholarship guys, and both teams like to play really, really fast, and neither team is shooting very well right now. There's a high, on the, the, and, and the aesthetically pleasing scale, there's a, a very low floor, and there's a high disaster potential. There could be a ton of turnovers. There could be a lot of brick three-pointers that turn into fast breaks. So I don't like I think Nebraska's offensive issues are rooted in the in the half court in mm-hmm. in transition it's a matter of how they how they shoot and yeah. that hasn't gone super well so far but you could also argue that that's going to come around at some point. Yeah. So I think tomorrow is just going to be helter skelter. I have no idea what to expect from either of those teams. I know they're going to play super fast and I know there's going to be a lot of a lot of shots going up.
0: Well, I know this if Nebraska wins we'll overreact to it. Oh, or if they lose, we'll do the same thing. That's what we do on this show. Great stuff, Jimmy. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Thank you. Jimmy Watkins of the Omaha World-Herald covers Nebraska football and basketball. Let's get to break and uh, hit the pregame. Coming up next. You're listening to Tom and Bach. Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch.